Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd, and this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Now, the Bruins had the day off on Tuesday following a... Uh, Lost to the New York Islanders in Game 2 on Monday night. Uh, Presumably they'll be practicing here on Wednesday. We'll get some updates on Craig Smith, uh, as well as Tugarask, which we'll get into here in a moment. But before we do, a quick reminder to please hit that subscribe button so that each new episode will be automatically added to your podcast feed, uh, whether you use Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts, Um, Yeah, you never have to miss an episode or at least have the opportunity to download uh, Monday to Friday uh, here on Locked On Boston Bruins. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Twitter people can follow along at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, the podcast is Locked On Bruins. And you can find me and my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now, I mentioned uh, Tuka Rask. And Bruce Cassidy spoke to the media on Tuesday morning and kind of dropped that Tukarask is dealing with some injury issues. Not anything major per se, but something nagging. He's not quite at 100%. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said he didn't believe there's any reason to think Tuka won't be ready to go for Game 3 on Thursday. Uh, that's where they're at with Tuca. Yesterday was a day off for everybody. Get away from the rink. Uh, if he needed treatment, he was going to get in. We'll have a better update on if there's going to be a potential issue down the road, probably today or tomorrow once they get back on the ice. But right now, Rask will go in, get his treatment, be ready to go today, Cassidy assumed, unless he heard differently. Uh, Cassidy was mildly critical of Rask's performance in Game 2, saying he didn't think he tracked pucks as well that night. Uh, But he did say, as for Rask's injury, he doesn't believe there will be anything to worry about. If there is, then obviously they'll sort through that by turning to Jeremy Swayman. Now, of course, um, yeah, Rask did miss significant time because of injuries during the regular season. I believe upwards of 17 games with kind of one period sandwiched in there. Uh, He did appear to be moving somewhat gingerly in the second period of the overtime loss on Monday, uh, wherein he made 35 staves. Uh, He has been playing very well as of late. In his final nine starts of the regular season, he went 7-1 with a 9.23 save percentage in seven starts in the playoffs. He's 5-2. With a 9.30 save percentage, the Bruins have yet to lose in regulation in the playoffs as well. Heading into the playoffs, it was announced that Jeremy Swayman would be the number two. He went 7-3-0 in the regular season with a 9.45 save percentage, which is very good. 
and Halak uh, bumped down to the third spot. He missed time this season with COVID-19. Uh, he went 9-6-4 with a 9.05 save percentage, so he would be bumped up to backup status if Rask were to miss any time. But again, Bruce Cassidy saying it's just something somewhat minor, nagging, present, something to be aware of and monitor, but doesn't seem as though he's going to miss any games. Uh, still, you know, troubling because the Bruins definitely uh, are better when Tuka Rask is in net, not taking anything away from Jeremy Swayman, who's likely the starter of the future. But uh, I don't know if he's quite ready to take on a deep playoff run. Um, although, who knows? <laughs> if he was pressed into action, he could very well step up and, and answer the, the call there and uh, do very well. But uh, ultimately, it's Rask's net until uh, it's deemed as though he is unable to play. Now, there was one other uh, interesting note yesterday regarding our Bruins. Jake DeBrusque was given a $5,000 fine the maximum allowable under the collective bargaining agreement for cross-checking New York Islanders defenseman Scott Mayfield during Game 2 of the second-round series in Boston on Monday. The incident occurred at 13.04 of the third period, and I personally didn't see it, um, but obviously it was egregious enough in the eyes of the Department of Player Safety to warrant a fine. DeBrusque, of course, not really known for, uh, you know, shenanigans or roughhousing or, or being dirty, but uh, he is now $5,000 lighter in the wallet. And yeah, things did get a little crispy in uh, Game 2, and that will certainly carry over into Game 3. The Islanders, for their part, uh, feeling a bit more confident heading into Game 3. Uh, head coach Barry Trotz on Tuesday said you have a lot more confidence when it's 1-1 as opposed to when it's 0-2. Uh, they went into a tough atmosphere against a very good team. They're 1-1. I don't know if there's any momentum, Trotz said, but it gives you a little confidence for your group that, you know what, this is going to be a battle. Um, Josh Bailey said we knew we just needed to refocus. They took advantage of some opportunities in the third period to tie things up. At that point, you're in overtime. Anything can happen. Got to refocus. Uh, he said he thought they did that, and they were happy to come away with the win. Barry Trott said one of the best things that happened to the Islanders in Game 2 was the fact that they did give up that 3-1 lead and still found a way to win. Those are the things that help you more down the road. The experience of being up 3-1, then giving up those two goals and being able to get your game back finding a way to win the hockey game after all the momentum had shifted to the Bruins. It's a better experience for the hockey team than if they would have scored when it was 3-1. Um, Bruce Cassidy kind of countered by saying he thinks there is a little momentum, can't deny it, they'll feel better going home. To put it in the win column for them and get it done after losing a lead, I think we'll give them a little juice and then their home crowd too. And that's fine. We get juice from our home crowd. We know the drill. And, it, and yeah, it would have been very nice, obviously, for the Bruins to pull off the comeback, win in overtime. That would have been incredibly demoralizing for the New York Islanders. Now they got the win uh, and they're heading home. They have three of the next five games at home. 
Um, so yeah, a bit of a tougher battle for the Bruins. Ultimately, I still think they're able and capable of, of beating the Islanders here in this series, uh, but it's a more difficult road. And of course, uh, you know, nobody was expecting a sweep per se, but winning or holding court on home ice uh, would have been ideal. But but here we are, and we're heading into Game 3 tomorrow night with the series tied at 1. Now, I expect the Bruins to be practicing here on Wednesday, and we will presumably get an update on uh, Craig Smith, who was unable to play Game 2. The hope is that the extra day off will give him some rest and an opportunity to, uh, yeah, just recuperate and get back to game readiness. And uh, yeah, the Bruins are practicing here at 11 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So keep it locked to at LO Boston Bruins or at ENC McLaren for all the latest potential uh, updates when it comes to the lineup for game three. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversation about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast through our Locker Room Conversations. Over the weekend, I had a chance to chat with a Bruins fan from Germany, which was uh, very fun. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices and some Androids uh, through a beta version. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Locked On Bruins to be notified when the room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live uh, this week, probably prior to Game 4. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Bruins. I will see you there at Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have nine delicious flavors. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Either it's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, I put out a call for some mailbag questions, and I got a couple uh, first of all, from Sean Woodley, who is the uh, head of the Locked On NHL, uh, host of Locked On Raptors. He said, is the Leafs loss to Montreal a funnier outcome than the Leafs losing to Boston in the final four would have been? Now, in thinking about this, and the second question is kind of related to this as well, I wouldn't say it's... Uh, I don't know. It's not funny per se. I just feel kind of bad. You know, it's it's different when they're playing the Bruins. Obviously, uh, for me, I am relieved or have been relieved when the Bruins have beaten the Leafs uh, in years past. Uh, but this year, there's really no excuse for the Maple Leafs losing to 
the Montreal Canadiens in the year 2021. The Canadiens were the 18th ranked team coming into the postseason. The Maple Leafs, uh, just so much talent. Uh, And even after losing John Tavares and Jake Muzzin, still plenty of firepower to get it done in Game 7. And um, yeah, I think... It wasn't necessarily guaranteed that they would make the Final Four, uh, as it's not for the Bruins, obviously. Um, I think the the Jets could have given them a, a pretty good fight as well. Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the world, if not the best goalie in the world. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was guaranteed at all. And I, I wouldn't say it's uh, funny per se this time around. It's more just kind of depressing maybe or, or sad. It's kind of embarrassing uh let's say it's hilarious let's be honest it it is pretty funny now the other question came from uh instagram from eric michael who has uh, been very active on instagram throwing some questions in there which i really appreciate and he asked as a canadian as a hockey fan is there a small part of you that feels bad for leafs fans i'm a Bruins season ticket holder i root for the bees but If they aren't going to win the Cup, I'd rather a city like Toronto get it. Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, really any Canadian market other than Montreal. Keep up the great work. And thank you, Eric. I really appreciate that. Now, funny enough, I actually wrote something about this for the hockey writers back in the day, almost nine years ago now. Uh, So I thought I would just read a little bit of what I wrote back then about the myth of Canada's team. Now, the idea uh, that all Canadians must actively cheer for the success of all Canadian teams constitutes one of the great lies that we are sold as hockey fans. On top of that, the notion that the cup belongs in Canada is also terribly misplaced. The reality is there is absolutely no obligation for any fan around the NHL to support another team simply as a matter of geography. And as it happens, the Cup often spends a large part of its summer in Canada as a result of the makeup of the team's roster, not because it was won by a Canadian team. Now, I grew up as a Bruins fan, largely in the context of the current divisional conference format, so simply as a matter of rivalry, it would be incredibly difficult, if not entirely impossible, for me to bring myself to support the Canadians or the Leafs, Uh, The former as a matter of long-standing tradition, the latter more recently as a result of, you know, playoff series between the two clubs. At the same time, the 2011 Cup Final against the Canucks would eliminate all probability of me supporting Vancouver in the future, as that rivalry has entered, or had entered at the time of me writing this, a domain that demands full club loyalty at all times. So the simple fact that my Team of choice is from an American city with rivalries with a few Canadian teams, precludes me from cheering for at least three of the seven right off the bat. Now on the flip side, given that I grew up in Ottawa, I'll admit that I do have a soft spot for that team, and I got caught up in the excitement of their 2007 run to the cup final while living in Manitoba, and since I did live south of Winnipeg for a couple years, I was pumped about uh, the return of the Jets and could get behind them this year in the North Division, provided that it you know, didn't conflict with uh, my love for the Bruins. If there was a Winnipeg-Boston final, I'd obviously be rooting for uh, the Bruins. 
One major question to consider is this, what makes a team more Canadian, where they play or how the roster is made up? The Flames and Lightning in 2004, for example, the Flames were led by a good Canadian boy in Jerome McGinley, pushed the Lightning to seven games, only to lose to a team based in Florida. What a shame, right? Well, no, the Lightning, their roster was made up of several incredibly talented Canadian players, Brad Richards, Vinny LeCavalier, Martin St. Louis, Dan Boyle. Uh, when the Senators made it to the final against the Ducks, Anaheim too had a bunch of Canadian players, so it would have been logical, fine for people to root for them. Again, people who live in various Canadian cities are likely to root for American teams because of hometown connections. Like for me, in 2011, I was obviously elated that the Bruins won. But it was an extra thrill to be able to head down to our junior hockey rink here in Guelph, get my picture taken with Rich Beverly and that beautiful silver mug. The place was packed with fans of the black and gold, all thrilled to death that the Canucks had failed to bring the cup home, so to speak. All that to say, any talk of getting behind Canada's team is a bit of a misnomer. For one thing, being a serious fan negates any real fluidity in terms of backing a rival, and quite often a team's makeup makes it more Canadian than the city in which it plays. But above and beyond all that, the real problem that needs to be eliminated here is the us-versus-them mentality when it comes to hockey. We may possess the most recent Olympic gold medal, but Canada certainly doesn't own the game of hockey. They are legitimate fans of this game all over North America and the world, all with a passion for seeing their favorite team or homegrown talent succeed in the NHL. So hopefully that answers a bit. Uh, Again, since writing this article, my perspective has changed a bit where I have kind of gotten away from the rivalry uh, idea, been able to uh, come around to, you know, supporting individual players on teams. For example, the Canadians, big fan of Nick Suzuki uh, because he played here in Guelph. I really love Cole Caulfield, root for the little guys. So, yeah, it was nice to see them get the win, the upset over the Maple Leafs. Even on the Leafs, there's some players that I like. I would have loved to have seen Joe Thornton finally win a cup, uh, even if it was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Yeah, it it all comes down to uh, sometimes individual players. But uh, as a Canadian living in Ontario, I don't feel any pull to root for a Canadian team in the final. Kind of just rooting for the best story or individual players or if the cup were to come here, uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's pretty much uh, where I stand on that. And uh, kind of a long answer, but hopefully a good one. And uh, thank you, Eric, for sending in that question. I really do appreciate it. And the mailbag, of course, is a regular Wednesday segment here on Locked On Boston Bruins, so feel free to send in uh, some questions at any time. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. And before the next game begins, you can head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Speaking of sign-up bonuses, if you get a free account today, 
you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as the Bruins continue their run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. They can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. All you need is $500 to get started and they can manage your first $5,000 for free for life at Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Now let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, You might also want to uh, check out today's Locked On Today podcast. They're talking about LeBron James, who wasn't enough for the Los Angeles Lakers, And host Peter Bukowski is asking whether they are done. Check that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. There was one game in the NHL last night. The Carolina Hurricanes lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Tampa Bay, the defending champs, they now have a 2-0 series lead in that one. uh, With games 3 and 4 heading to Tampa Bay. Uh, so that is not great for the Hurricanes. They also lost Vincent Trocek to injury in that one. Uh, so they are in deep trouble, that is for sure. The Vezina Trophy finalists were announced on uh, Tuesday. Marc-Andre Fleury, his first finalist, uh, nod if you can believe it. Philip Grubauer and Andre Vasilevsky were named as the finalists. And there'll be another awards finalist named today. I can't remember which one, but uh, yeah. Uh, Finally, the NHL draft lottery will be held tonight to determine the number one and number two pick. The Buffalo Sabres, who finished last in the regular season standings, hold the best odds at 16.6% of winning the number one pick. The Ducks have the second best odds and the expansion Kraken have the third best odds equal to the New Jersey Devils, who finished with the third worst record in the regular season. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Columbus, Detroit, San Jose, Los Angeles, Vancouver, Ottawa, rounding out the uh, 10 teams with the best odds of uh, getting the number one overall pick in this year's NHL entry draft. And a quick Jack Eichel update. He's reached the end of the rehab period for his herniated disc in his neck. If he still wants neck surgery that team doctors haven't been comfortable with, he has the right to take the team to arbitration. If he doesn't agree with the arbiter's decision, he can ask 
for a trade. Uh, the surgical procedure Eichel prefers has never been done on an NHL player. The team doctors prefer uh, continued rehab. It'll be very interesting to see what unfolds if Eichel feels he hasn't made much progress with his current treatment. Two games on tap in the NHL tonight. The North Division second round gets underway in Winnipeg with the Canadians visiting the Jets. There will be, I think, 500 frontline healthcare workers in attendance at the MTS Center, which is pretty cool. Um, And it's a smaller building, so, you know, 500 people could make a lot of noise there for the Jets. Uh, Following that, we'll have the uh, Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I might uh, catch up on The Handmaid's Tale, which drops today. We also started watching Mayor of Easttown last night, which uh, the first episode was really great and, and definitely hooked into that, so might catch that as well. So, yeah, hope you are all doing well. We will update things from practice here on Wednesday on tomorrow's podcast, have a better idea of who's healthy, who might be in the lineup, if there's going to be any changes in terms of maybe Jeremy Lozon taking a seat. A lot of people are wondering about that. Uh, So keep it locked to Locked On Boston Bruins for all the latest and uh, follow along at LO Boston Bruins as well for updates in between podcasts. Hope you're all having a great week. Uh, Yeah. Looking forward to tomorrow night's game three. Kind of wish there wasn't the extra night, but if it benefits Craig Smith, then I am all for it. Uh, So yeah, have a great day, friends, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Later.